Hello, I'm Dr. Jimmy Smith, thankful for another opportunity to share the Word of God. We're teaching on prophecy or eschatology, end times, future events. We've talked about the rapture of the church. We know that the scripture teach that the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. And after the rapture for believers, there's the judgment seat of Christ. And as we think about the judgment seat of Christ, we know that the Lord wants to reward us for the work that we have done in his name to bring him honor and to bring him glory. It's enough just to go to heaven. But God, who is gracious and merciful, he has more he desires to do for us and give to us in the form of crowns. Note the text here in 1 Corinthians and chapter 3. Let's pick up in verse 13. The Bible says, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burnt, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire. We know that the next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church, and then for believers, there's the judgment seat of Christ. And God is keeping an accurate record of our life, our deeds, our words, and even the motive of our heart, the motive behind why did I do what I did when I did it. And he knows if we are serving unto his honor, unto his glory, or unto our own. May it be true of you and I that we love the Lord and we're happy to be saved, we're happy to be in the service of God, we're happy to receive the gift of the indwelling Holy Spirit and the anointing to serve in a particular capacity. Every believer has at least one spiritual gift. No one has them all. And all of them are designed to aid in our growth and one another's growth and spiritual maturity and to bring honor unto the Lord as well as to lead the lost to Jesus Christ. And as we think about the examination of our work and what God will give, he will give us a crown as a reward for our faithful service unto him. Uh, I want to look at these crowns. Note with me, please, in the book of James, James chapter 1, as we consider verses 13 through 15, as we look at this crown, which is labeled the crown of life. As we come to the book of James, James speaks to us concerning Christian growth and Christian development. And we find something here in James chapter 1. Let's begin in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endured temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. As we talk about what does it mean to love the Lord, it means much more than attending church, uh, singing the hymns of the Lord, the songs of Zion. It means much more than to serve him in church, to stand as an usher, to teach the word of God, to preach the word of God. It actually means to walk in simple obedience to that which we know and understand. The Lord says, if you love me, you will obey me. And so we see this here concerning the temptation that will enter 
our lives as Christians. We know that we are still in the flesh and we have the propensity to sin by word, thought, and deed. We know that we're no longer slaves to sin, that God has given us deliverance. When we think about the word salvation, it means deliverance, not just deliverance from uh, going to hell uh, or paying the penalty of sin, but also deliver deliverance from the power of sin, deliverance from the person who sinned, me. And so I have uh, some new strength. I have some new power. I have some new authority in my life when I come to Jesus Christ. I have the indwelling Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God will teach me the Word of God and bring the Word of God back to my remembrance so that when the lust of the flesh arise or when my ancient foe, the devil, will tempt me to do wrong, the Spirit of God is able to say, wait a minute, we've talked about that, and I've delivered you from that. But the reality is we experience the deliverance when we want the deliverance, when we will to continue to walk with God. Uh, we're not robots. God does not make us. He wants us to love him. Uh, he already has demonstrated every day, every, every moment, every second that he loves me. And so the Lord says, I'm watching, I'm taking note, I'm, I'm writing it down. Uh, we may never write our own autobiography, but God is writing our biography, and God sees I'm, I'm, I'm keeping a clear and accurate record of every deed, every word, and every motive of the heart concerning why did you do what you did when you did it. And so we see this great text here in James chapter 1 and verse 12, blessed is the man that endure, endure, endure the temptation, not succumb to the temptation, not fall to the temptation, but become an overcomer of the sin which so easily beset me and find victory instead of continuing perpetually falling to the same sin, to the same behavior, the same ideology, the same way of thinking and living. But this time, enduring the temptation, God says, I see you. I've taken note of that. And one day we're going to talk about that. And God says, I'm going to give you a crown of life. Let's read further here in James. James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is the man that endure temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and entice. Then when lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin, and sin when it is finished, it bring forth death. Verse 16, do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not go astray. Do not do the wrong thing. Continue to walk with the Lord. Have a relationship with him. Love the Lord. And again, that means much more than attending church, much more than singing the songs of Zion, much more than putting an offering in the offering plate. We're talking about walking with the living God, to have a mindset, a conscience bent toward simple obedience to the word of God. Well, that's the crown of life. And then there is the crown of righteousness that we see in Second Timothy. Second Timothy, as we consider chapter 4, we know that this is, book is one of 
five prison epistles within the New Testament, and God had used Paul in a great way, a profound way. The Spirit of God would use Paul to pin some 13 books in the New Testament. Paul would have three successful missionary journeys. Uh, certainly, truly, he was a man of God. And we see here uh, he is in prison, and no doubt the church was praying. We think of Acts chapter 12 when Peter was in prison, and the church prayed. The church prayed. The power of prayer, the authority of prayer, the power of united prayer. And God had dispatched the angel to deliver Peter from jail. And uh, Paul had gone through a lot, but he knew something. He knew that this time uh, he was not walking out. This time he was going to be carried out. This time he was going to uh, die there while in prison. He knew that he was on his way home. Note the text, what a great text, as he also knew of his life, he knew of his commitment, he knew of his faithfulness to God. He knew that he was not an actor, he was not a pretender. He knew he was not a carnal Christian, not a worldly Christian, but he was a spiritual man of God. And God had used him in a great and profound way. And he was able to say this concerning himself. Note the text, Second Timothy chapter 4, let's pick up in verse 6. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Note that. He says, I know that I'm on my way home. He says, I know very soon I'm going to be in the presence of the Lord. But he also knew about his life. And beloved, we know about our life. We know if we love the Lord or not. We know if we're just uh, acting, pretending, trying to look pious, trying to look more spiritual than we actually are. Uh, trying to fool people, and often we don't fool people either, and we definitely do not fool the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, God who is omnipotent, who's sovereign, who's omniscient. There's no fooling God. Paul, he said in verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He said, I've been on fire for God. I've reported for duty. I've been faithful. I've been committed. I've been steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And now judgment is coming. Now death is pending. And it won't be long now before I'll be in the presence of my creator, in the presence of my savior. And I understand that judgment is coming. He says, but I've been on the job. I've been faithful. I've been true. God used me. I did not flinch. I did not compromise. I did not give in. I did not throw in the towel. I was not a scared. I proclaim with great courage and boldness, none other but the inspired and errant word of God. He's able to say those things, and he knew that about himself, just like we know our own record. And he's also able to say there in verse 8, henceforth or therefore there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. That is the crown of righteousness given to the person who has been faithful, who has been true, who has lived righteously, 
who has practiced holiness. And then there's the crown of rejoicing we see in the book of First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians and chapter two, as we pick up there in verse 19. It speaks to us concerning evangelism. It speaks to us concerning soul winning. And we see the Lord desires to use his children in the sharing of the gospel, of the articulating, of the unfolding, expounding of that which is the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the person cannot become saved without hearing the plan of the gospel. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, and that God has called the church to go, to go, not stay, but go, go and proclaim, go and share and expound the word of God. Note this text, please, as we consider 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? What a great text. We know that the rapture is going to occur. And we also know that after the rapture for the church, for the believer, there's the judgment seat of Christ. And the question, beloved, as we consider this verse here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 19, who will be in heaven because of God using your voice? That's what John said concerning himself. He said, I'm just a voice crying in the wilderness. Oh, what a statement. What a profound statement. And beloved, you know people. You have influence with people. You have friendship. You have colleagues. You have relatives. You have neighbors. There are people who enjoy you, enjoy sitting down with you, talking with you on the phone. Those are the individuals God wants you and I to speak with and to share the message of the gospel. And as the Spirit of God lead, the Lord may have us to speak to a total stranger who needs to hear the gospel. What do we know? We know that everyone on the planet needs to hear the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of faithfulness, the Lord says on judgment day, I'm going to bring up that moment in your life when you engaged when you allow the spirit of God to lead you and you did not quench the spirit, you were not ashamed of the gospel. You were not ashamed of Christ at the family reunion, at the picnic, on the job. Whenever the spirit of God had so led you and I to say a word, to share the message of truth. And God says, I saw that. I'm looking all the time. I'm omnipresent. I see everything. I know everything. In fact, God is so great, he knows what we're going to say even before we do. But when we share the gospel and others become saved, the Lord says, note this verse again, verse 19, chapter 2. The book is 1 Thessalonians. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Beloved, who will be in heaven because of your obedience? Who will be in heaven 
because of your witness. Who will be in heaven? Because of your verbal explanation, expounding, exegeting, unfolding, declaring the clear message of the gospel. By definition, the gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. A great verse to turn, Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, and 13. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for opportunity. We do not have to serve. We get to. God doesn't really need us. He desires to use us. And the Lord says, one of these days, we're going to talk about the opportunity that you did not miss. And the Lord says, I have the crown of rejoicing to give you, to give to you, to give to you. Here, there also is the crown of glory given to the pastor, the elder, the bishop, the minister, the preacher, who is consistent and who is faithful every time through many different vehicles when God will present the opportunity to preach, to teach, to explain, to expound, to unfold, to reveal the word of God. The preacher proclaimed with great courage, with great accuracy, not fearing the faces of the people, not an entertainer, not a trickster, not a comedian, but a proclaimer of that which is divine based upon exclusively the authority of the word of God. That if God doesn't say it, the preacher doesn't say it. That we're not making this stuff up. We have here 66 books. We have enough material. And so the Lord says the preacher has the mandate. The pastor has the mandate. The elder, the bishop has the mandate to do what? To feed the flock of God, the word of God, the word of God, not your philosophy, not your opinion, not your psychology, not how you feel. I hear that a lot. People will say, well, the way I feel about it, well, no one asked you. We're told to follow the word of God. We have the instruction manual before us. It's called the Holy Bible. And so note this great text in First Peter, First Peter chapter 5, the elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God. Note that. Feed, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint but willingly, not for filthy money but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fade not away. We say, thank you, Lord, for opportunity to serve. It's just enough to go to heaven. It's enough to have the indwelling Holy Spirit. It's enough to have the word of God. But on top of that, you have strategically willed that every child of God would engage in the service of the Lord. We do not have to serve. We get to. And what an honor it is to be on God's team. And then just to think that because of obedience, God's going to give us a crown. And with that crown, one day we'll worship the Lord. 
Revelations chapter 4, verse 10, will cast him the crown at the feet of Jesus and worship him. May we begin now to worship the Lord, to show God his worth in our words, in our deeds, in our obedience, in our expression. The judgment seat of Christ. The next event on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church for believers, there's the judgment seat of Christ. God is going to reveal, unfold, manifest the motive behind our service. And may we say today, may we decide today that we're going to do that which we do when we do it. Only unto the glory of God. Just to please you, Lord. Just to listen to you, Lord. Help us. Help us to be found faithful. Help us to be true. Help us to honor you, O God. To please you. In you we live and move and have our being. We can do without some things. And we can even do without some people. But we cannot do without the Lord. Therefore, may we give him our all. May we serve him faithfully. And God says, I see it. And one of these days, we're going to talk about it. And if your heart is authentic and genuine and true, the Lord says, I want to give you a crown after he already has given us eternal life. After he already has given us his Holy Spirit, has given us his word, has promised us a mansion in heaven. My goodness, what a God, what a God. I thank you for listening.